Abby. And I'm Allie. And it's About, about Time for True Crime. Hey. Hey. Jenks. Oh my gosh. Coke. Here's one. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> now for our sponsor. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> How are you guys doing? How is your week? How's your day for people listening on drop day? How's your Tuesday, babe? How's your Tuesday? And if you're not listening on drop day, how's whatever fucking day it is? Hell yeah. I hope you're having a good one, whatever it is. Uh, here, we're having just a dandy night. We fixed any any issues we had with our audio in an easy breezy 15 minutes, which is kind of a record for me. I have to give you credit because I did nothing but play with my cat while you brainstormed. Th- that was the moral support I needed. So, <laughs> And I'm glad I could provide it. Thank I'm you. I'm always here for you. Thank you. <laughs> and we're always here for you. So what do you guys want? What do you like? What do you need? In terms of like stories and merch, did and you guys like? Did you guys want like a giveaway or something? Because oh, oh, you know what? I think I they, heard that. I, <laughs> I think we're gonna do that because if you guys didn't notice, what you were listening to right now is episode number ninety nine, which means Woo! next week is episode one hundred, and we have a fun little episode planned for you in yes. store. So we're very excited for that. But also as part of that, we will be doing a little giveaway. A little holiday, a little fun giveaway for you guys. By the time the 100th episode comes out, you will see on our Instagram page a little post. On that post, we'll go over all of this. So don't worry if you don't want to write it down. But basically, the way to enter would just be to share the post that we do, show us a review, and also follow the Instagram. And you can find all of that down below in our little link tree. So that should be easy. Cool beans. Yay. I'm so excited. We've been literally planning this forever. And we just, we love the holiday season. We're just, we're little Hallmark babies. We are. Some people like didn't start watching Hallmark movies ironically and then start to love them and it shows. (laughs) So, but I'm really excited about that. I can't believe we're almost at a hundred. I know. We've been doing this over a year. I'm like beside myself. I know. And you guys, it's not just the two of us in a kitchen. And damn, we both thought it would be. (laughs) I know. You guys have made this so enjoyable, so incredible. It it really just makes us want to keep doing it. We get messages from you guys all the time, emails, DMs, comments, whatever it is. We just really appreciate it. We love you guys. The ATFTC fam is honestly the best. It really is. So, in that note, let's give you something great because you give us something great. So, let's jump into it, shall we? So, is that our segue into part two of Jerry Brudos? Because I've been waiting five ever. I know. I need to know. Y'all, I didn't even get to know right away. And sometimes I do. So, I've been waiting. Sometimes we'll like record back to back. You know what I mean? Like, let's just get it done because we're in the zone, auto zone. But instead for this one, I was like, oh, no, bitch. We're not in the zone auto zone. You're going to wait like everybody else. Boys. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yes. So, all right. For all you skippers, stop skipping. Yoo-hoo. Pod's on. Um, hi, hello, and welcome back to your favorite true crime podcast. Hi, hello. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us in our cute little corner of the true crime world. Hi. This is, you guessed it, our second and our final installment of our Jerry Brudo series. Ooh. Last episode, if you didn't listen to that yet, I highly recommend it because it's going chronologically. So I think you might be a little bit confused if you start with part two. Yeah, go back. We'll wait. Yeah, we'll just put a cute little pin here. Okay. Okay. And now 
last week, as you'll remember, because you just heard it, uh, we covered his early life and crimes, the early escalations. We talked about his first murder in which he killed an encyclopedia saleswoman named Linda Slauson, who just happened to find herself in Jerry's neighborhood. And he just sort of saw an opportunity to make his move and he took it. He got her alone. He murdered her. He committed necrophilia. He cut off her foot to keep for himself before dumping her body off of a bridge. And yes, that sentence came out of my mouth. Wow. It's weird to me, too. Uh, the same warning applies for this episode as well. If you didn't think it could get worse, I have some bad news for you. Do we have a show for you? <laughs> yes. So this series is still going to include discussions of abuse Sex, violence, rape, necrophilia, dismemberment, sexual fetishes, murder, and more. And more? And more. Oh, my. Oh, my. (laughs) Lions and tigers and bears. I know. Wow. Isn't it? Okay. So let's get into it. Okay. We're going to pick up where we left off. Yes. He committed the murder in January. Okay. We're going to kind of fast forward just a bit. We're going to get to the fall of 1968. Nice. The family had moved a few times in the previous years due to Jerry's still very spotty employment. And with each move, he did not leave behind any of his collection that he had acquired of women's shoes and clothing and lingerie and feet. Well, he did. So after a little bit, he did get rid of that one foot. Okay. So he didn't need like a trout shoe for that one. You are just something else. I'm sorry. She is on one today, you guys. But... For real, he did, like, all the weird porn. And I say weird because it was, like, did not... A lot of it did not seem consensual. Like, it was, like, very, like, think... Icky violating. Think Polaroid. Think not consensual. Think fear. We're kind Yucky. of we're kind of in that camp oh, oh, my gosh. I totally forgot he did that to that girl. Oh, yeah. Oh. And she got it's away. It's all coming back. Yeah. Yeah. And so the family of four finally settled into a home in Salem, Oregon with, of course all of his things. Now, what's interesting about this choice to live in Salem, Oregon is not just odd because any town or city named Salem is kind of spooky to (laughs) us nowadays, but really because it's how it relates to his childhood. The home that he moved into with his wife and two children was just miles away from the psychiatric hospital that he'd been sent to while he was in high school. Oh, Remember, he did eight months of his life where he would go to school leave school, go back to the hospital, spend the night at the hospital, go to school in the morning. And it was just yeah. this cycle. So he was ultimately cleared, I guess, of those things when they deemed him not a danger to society. And while I haven't heard anything to suggest that he had an especially difficult time in there, mm-hmm. there weren't any horror stories or of abuse or anything, at least nothing that was reported by him. But you know, he did get treatment for things that he didn't feel he needed. Right. Um, But I personally do find it a little bit odd to revisit this part of your life again, because you or I probably would have just been happy to be in the next chapter of our lives and move, move right on, on and move away and to not dredge up any kind of old memories and certainly not be in the town where everyone knows me as the guy who attacked two girls. Right. So I wonder if there was just a comfortability in it being familiar and it was like home to him. Mm. But regardless, he moved right back to where some of the people that still lived there knew him. But it's like up the road from where he was literally deemed a sexual deviant yeah. and then let out. So it's a little weird. Yeah. But this home that they settled into, right? So 
it was a single family home. It had a breezeway connecting to a garage and Jerry had had an intercom system installed in the home. Intercom? Intercom. That's kind of fun. Pretty high tech for the 60s. Yeah. Considering. Um, but he was an electrician, so I guess, you know, yeah. he could do it all himself. Uh, but what was weird about this intercom is that it was only into the garage and he required Darcy to communicate with him only via the intercom while he was tinkering in the garage because she was not allowed in there. He forbade her from entering at random. She pretty much had to schedule with him when she was going to be allowed to go in there. Like, he would have to make arrangements for her to be in there. But if she had to ask him a quick question or tell him that dinner was ready, she was to use the intercom. I've said it before and I'll fucking say it again. It's a red flag if you're not allowed in a place in your own home. Oh, we're going to get there. I understand respecting boundaries. I understand someone saying, knock, the door's closed. But if you pay for the fucking home and you're not allowed in part of it, red flag, red flag, fucking red flag. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The flags are a waving, but we're going to get to all that, I promise. Okay. Not only that, not only the intercom, he had a padlock put on the door. Like, oh, she was not to enter. And neither were the kids, obviously, but they were younger. And so were they tinkering around in the garage? Maybe not. Right. But for his wife to not be allowed in there, it was just a little, little weird. And the other thing that he sort of made part of their arrangement here was that whenever she was to come or go from the house, he had, she had to let him know. So she was to give him a heads up if she was leaving from a friend's house to come home. And it was to, he joked around, he said to kick the blonde out. So he knew when to do that. Oh, cute. He's like, yeah, well, just let me know when you're on your way so I can get her out of here. (laughs) Thanks, Chair. Which I just, I think he just sounds like a weasel. Like in my mind, if I close my eyes, I'm getting like anteater, weaselly, rodent-y sounds from him. Like his little laugh is like, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? It's (laughs) just, ew. Yeah, it's a little greasy. But anyway. After he murdered Linda Slauson in the basement of their previous home, remember it was not a garage, it was a basement, but it was with that experience that he realized what he was looking for in this new garage space. So they've got this home and he's like, this will be my own. And he wanted it set up so that it was removed enough from the home without being removed from the home. So there's the breezeway between, you know, he kind of lucked out with the home that he found and the price range that they got it in because this is exactly what he wanted. He wanted it far enough away where there wasn't a shared wall. Yeah. But not off the property. So he had to go away and leave it. Right. Like it was always just right there. And accessible, but far enough away that anything a little too close for comfort wouldn't be heard or overwhelming or seen by anyone. Yeah. Yeah. And he also had ample space to play, which I don't mean play in like a cute, funny or adorable way at all i mean to be um, horrible yeah also space to display what he wanted he wanted to be able to dictate who was allowed in that space who wasn't what they had to do he had the locks he had the intercom and for some reason when you know in case she needed to talk to him she had to utilize these things and obey these rules and for some reason she just was convinced enough to go with it whether she questioned it or not i don't know right but she obeyed but she did it so i mean she was still compliant if you will the excuse that he told her and perhaps this is why she 
went along with it was because he told her that it was a dark room for photography yeah for developing photos he he had made like his own diy space and if she were to just open the door at random well then of course his work would be ruined so while he did supposedly i guess in theory develop photos there this was not like a side business for him like he said right. he have like some of, he developed some of the photos for the local college kids or something and he didn't pay much attention to what the photos were of he just did it and he would do it for friends and anything like that but like his interest in the amount of times he actually did use the space for that did not justify an entire space in the house to not be allowed to be used by anybody else like this is what it's for it was bullshit but it did kind of work out for him because she bought she bought it she obeyed and she's like okay well even though like these aren't photos that we're displaying around the home i guess apparently you have them and uh you can do it and that to me just like scream serial killer like nobody yeah. needs a dark room in their house nope you don't and is, th- is that your trade no okay then no that- that's it whatever he told her he set up for this part of it so that it was able to be used again we don't know if she was like are you sure about that and where how come i never see the picture like we have no idea we just know that she was like fuck it i'm not going in there there's a lock anyway i'll use the fucking intercom sounds good and that's kind of how it was and this garage space that he had commandeered as his little playroom was adult jerry's gift to teenage jerry oh okay is the way i kind of look at it not this is not what he said but like this is what he fantasized about when he was younger and he's like ah yes i've made it so this is what happens when you try to do like work on your child self without a trained therapist to help you through it correct okay Mm -hmm. okay and you're like let's throw him a bone shall we yeah let's just give him what he wants he had a tough time oh Teenage Jerry had wanted to hold girls captive and wanted to make them beg to be released. And he had all these fantasies about storing women away to be able to like revisit them in a little bit. And now he's like, oh, I have this like room for that. It's not the basement that anybody can wander into. This is secure. He'd also convinced her not only to stay out of the garage, but to stay out of the attic space that they had. And this time he told her that there was an infestation of rats up there. And so she couldn't go up there. <laughs> and of course, this was not the case. But there was an infestation of sorts of bras and panties Ugh. and his porn and his photos and all of the other odd items that he had held on to over the moves over the years. This is where he stored them. But she's like, "Ew, I hate rats. And why she wasn't like, OK, so let's get an exterminator. I don't know. She I'd just like, said, okay, this is another part of the home. I won't enter. I'd like to exterminate everything he has up there. That's... She had, she had no idea what was up there. Here's the other thing, too. Wouldn't you hear him, like, clawing around, like, the... You'd think. Up in the ceiling. And if you know that there's a quote-unquote infestation, and you have the means, why aren't you doing something about that? Yeah. Be like, it's their house, too. Why it's not? not a hotel. Like... Are they paying rent? I don't think so. Get. You little freeloader. Come on. Get on. Get. Now, whether or not alarm bells were ringing for Darcy at this time, we don't know. I think it's most likely that she was actively ignoring it, like sticking her fingers in her ears and walking away. Yeah. She ended up spending a lot of time leaving the home, outside of the home, spending time with friends where either the kids were in his care, which was eh, or with her mother-in-law jerry's mom who he got along with oh so well yeah she did a great job and she and she did such a great job with him that it's like well then let let's let her raise the next generation right right because she just did it was so solid and wholesome These kids are the future correct right um the future killers no i'm just kidding <laughs> I, I 
will not look for their names. They will talk about this later, but they do not have the same names even if we looked for them. Right. So they are completely free of his ass and um, they deserve that. So not to put what their dad did on them, but they didn't have a great go at it because whether Darcy was super present or not, we don't know. We know that his mom did a lot of the child rearing and we know that he was not a kind person. No. We don't think that he was abusive to them, but he wasn't this doting, loving dad that like shielded them away from the horrors of the world. He just didn't give a shit. Right. He could take or leave them. He just didn't care. But back to Darcy. She spent a lot of time with her friends. She did just kind of like, again, stick her fingers in her ears, walk around and just be like, yeah, okay. I don't know. And I, I try to catch myself in my judgment of Darcy because I'm obviously not her. Thank Christ. (laughs) But I don't know much about her life. We don't know a whole lot about her. I mean, I know she was an odd woman, and I don't think it's a far reach to assume that she'd have to be just a little bit off to be with him. Right. Because even in his presentation to the outside world, it wasn't like he was this great, solid guy. I mean, he wasn't terrible, but he was not that great. He wasn't like a Ted Bundy where he could hide it all? No, he he didn't have that. And he started to unravel a little bit over time, and he didn't really have that many friends. He was the guy that at work he carried around like a little briefcase of like all his certificates oh oh jer bear one of those you know what i mean yeah it's just you just picture him and you Mm -hmm. just know exactly what it is he's the well actually mm, he's he's an energy vampire yeah in that way and so I mean, sometimes like the yin and yang thing, like opposites attract. I don't really think that's what it was. <laughs> I think that he was an odd man. I think that she was an odd woman. That is what it is. He was socially awkward. He didn't keep close friendships. He pouted and he whined when he didn't get his way. I mean, when he wasn't there for the birth of his child, he literally took off for a few days and didn't even meet his child till like a week later. And now, correct me if I'm wrong, but... He's the one that liked to do all of the bondage stuff where he'd like take photos of her and the weird trike incident. That's yeah, he, him. He wanted her to clean the house nude except for high heel, like high heels. Right. He wanted her to pose in various ways. And after a while, she's like, I've got a toddler who's like getting to the age where she's going to remember this. Right. I'm not parading around the house naked. This home cannot be sexual in nature like every interaction they had when it was just the two of them was him dictating some kind of thing and you know he was sexually demanding and kinkies in ways that she didn't want to entertain she did try to keep up with it in the beginning yeah but he just he wasn't really a kind person and mentally he wasn't well and we don't often see someone super well adjusted with someone who isn't adjusted at all right so i think that you can kind of I have an idea of who Darcy might have been. Right. But I want to take a minute here to talk about context because it's super easy to be like, Darcy, what the fuck? How could you, you know, and blame things on her, put things on her. As a woman in 2023, part of this is troubling for me. My fiance and I are equals. When he is my husband, we will still be equals. Yeah. If we are ever not equals, he will be my ex-husband. Yep. And with Darcy, this is different. In a relationship through that context i would really struggle with there being rooms i'm allowed in and others that i'm not in spaces where i'm not welcome in my own home 
And yeah. I would struggle with the constant reporting of where I am and where I can can and can't be. And don't attribute Jerry's constant kind of controlling behavior to jealousy because he's really not. He just wants to get away with what he's doing. It's the thrill of getting away with it. Right. It's not that he gave a shit if she was out with another guy, really. I mean, other than how it would look for him, but she just wasn't really doing it for him anymore in that way because of the lines that she drew right with the boundaries she had and now she can't keep up because now he's figured out the ultimate sexual release for him which is literally killing somebody yep you can do anything once but you sure can't do that one more than once so nope so if i put myself in darcy's shoes at first glance i say i would not stand for any of it but then there's things to keep in mind yeah their marriage we're talking 1950s through the 60s and leading up to and including this time, it was different than it is today. Women couldn't get a credit card on their own during this time. That is, unless she had a husband or another man sign for her. She couldn't finance a mortgage or qualify for loans without a husband or a man to sign on her behalf. She could be fired from a job for taking time after having a baby. And this was true up until 1974 when legislation was passed that allowed for maternity leave. Right. A woman couldn't serve on jury duty in all 50 states at this time. She couldn't Mm. serve in combat if she wanted to. And most shockingly of all, marital rape wasn't criminal. Nope. In fact, it was perfectly legal for a spouse to rape their partner until 1993. That's way too fucking late. So in this time, this marriage piece of it kind of equated to ownership when it came to intimacy and sex. And while what happened in the bedroom wasn't anyone's business and we were a lot more private back then, it also sure as shit wasn't anyone's business when there was rape. Yep. And just wasn't talked about. It was a household issue. And honestly, forget gay marriage, forget successful, well-paying career, because women had only recently been encouraged to enter the workforce at this time, as long as she remembered that her primary role was in the home. And let's not forget the stigma associated with divorce at that time. And hell, we see more divorce now than even successful marriages. And that isn't good either. Trust me, the pendulum has swung way too far in that way. But it was frowned upon and cautioned against at this time for a number of reasons. And also, if she were single, a single mom of two kids in that time, what was she really to do? She didn't have any marketable skills. She'd been a homemaker. She wasn't working. She didn't graduate high school. She dropped out to marry him. Oh, that's right. So could she have made it on her own and been okay? Hell no. Probably not. And he's an electrician. He's making decent money. He provides for them when he's got a job. Yep. So if he's doing shit that he's not telling her about and he kind of wears the pants because he's holding it over you that he pays the bills and he does all of these things, what is she going to do? Go get a go get a loan for something absolutely not she can't even qualify right and what go ask her dad who's probably not thrilled that she married the guy that they didn't approve of had kids with him and now what you're coming back because oh you realized you made a mistake and now you need a different man to sign on your paperwork yeah absolutely not tough shit right so what option did she have and i highlight these things because of course it's better today than it ever was yeah but it's also easy to look through our modern lens and just draw conclusions like why didn't she do this and how could she have not seen this but you have to look at the context of the time and it doesn't make it better it doesn't justify things but you need that information you can't look with 2023 eyes on something that happened this long ago i also think that it's fair to remember that 
there's a lot of mental stuff that comes with all of that too. After enough time of being told that you're only ever going to amount to so much, you kind of start to accept it. So if all you're going to amount to is a stay-at-home mom with, you know, I would venture to say certainly an abusive relationship in some sense, if not multiple, I mean, you probably just make the best of it. You decide not to go in the places that you know is going to cause trouble if you go. You stay out of the house whenever you can. You make sure the kids are with you or, you know, mother-in-law. Like, I can understand why she did the things she did because if she didn't, it's her survival at stake and it's her kid's survival at stake. And I'm not talking well-being. I'm not talking like it's the kid's ability to play French horn in the fucking band. Mm -hmm. Like it's, do we have a roof over our head? Can I feed you? And this was at a time where that just wasn't, it just wasn't it, especially if you're a divorced mom of two trying to work. It, the cards are so stacked against you. And it was it was a tough time. And that's not to say that it would have been impossible. I mean, it wasn't that she would right. have had absolutely nothing and that there weren't services available for her. But she had been accustomed to this life. She gave up everything in the process. Yeah. You have to consider what she'd forfeit. And we have to wonder if she had anything concrete or if all of it was speculation. And I say that to consider her this way leading up to a certain point and then there's a point where i change my opinion okay and i'll we'll talk about that later on in this episode yeah but have this kind of running through your mind when you think like how the fuck did you not know why didn't you say something consider what she might have been able to do what she'd forfeit in the process and what she likely had proof of right but anyway back to our story yay darcy brought up to jerry one night that he'd gained a bit of weight Okay. He'd put on a few. And Jerry's feelings were hurt. And sure, I don't think hearing you put on a few too many is the highlight of anyone's day. No. But Jerry did not take this in stride. Instead, he pretty much said nothing. He got up from where he was sitting and he left the room. A few minutes later, he came back. He was wearing a girdle, a bra stuffed with padding, garters and high stockings and high heels. And he stood before her and he stared her in the eye for what was probably the longest minute of her life (laughs) and said, does this make me look slimmer? She must have been, I honestly, I think I would be scared because he's like staring you in your eye, daring you to say something like he's like, he's like, how about now? And she's probably like, I didn't know they made heels in a size 14 yeah because he came out in things that fit him not not what she wore i think and these are pieces she didn't recognize these weren't pieces of lingerie that were hers that he took and was like oh i'll just put your shit on well do i look good like you now like anything like that it was he had his own sized items that she had never seen before and he's just sort of acting more on impulse now and emotional and he's just he's trying to intimidate her he leaves the room without a word he comes back wearing something she's never seen in a in a manner that's meant to intimidate her and just kind of dares her right like oh does this make me look skinnier like he could not handle what she said but instead of being an adult he's now he's just emotional he's just he's out of it does this thong make me look fat And I don't know what she said. I don't think she said anything. 
he left the room again. He changed back into what he was wearing before. And he came back in, sat down, and they never spoke of it again. Yeah, that's probably... Uh, that's probably not along the lines of what I would do, but I totally get it. Well, and the other thing is, and I want to reiterate here again, we talked about this last episode. I'm not saying, Abby's not saying, nobody's saying that wearing what you want to wear and what you feel comfortable in is not the issue here. No. What is the issue is that it is a disorder because it's impacting his daily life. He's not getting regular life things done because he has this fetish of killing women, dressing them up in this lingerie. He has such an attraction to the physical items and the fabric and the material and the look of the right tangible object rather than the person. It's like the person is the clothing rather than you know what i'm saying yeah like the person's the accessory yeah and he gets to photograph and he gets to have sex with somebody that's not alive and she has no needs that he can't meet right. so it's perfect it's like the perfect girlfriend it's also it's like his right hand with tits yeah exactly and heels which he fucking loves i also think that if this were to happen in a marriage and this is my personal take. Again, I have no issues with anybody dressing the way they like, doing the things they like, styling, whatever, however. But if you're going to be in a marriage, which is something that you commit to for life, essentially, even in the best intended of scenarios, I, I would assume she has maybe seen this before because they're married. But if not, it's very clear that he's made this a point like these things fit him these things are tailored for him and maybe not like specifically to his body but it's not just something he's into wearing her underwear yeah like, I mean, he's six foot one and he's a big dude like right. he's a big burly man and she was not six foot one she was not his size so these were very clear to her not only like not things that she recognized from like her own clothing, if she even right. had anything like that, but not her size. This was not from hers that he grabbed to like make a point like, right. oh, because you're so skinny. You know what I'm saying? Like another way that he could have made it to manipulate her. Right. These were items that fit him. They're and his. he's using this as an intimidation tactic. Like I fucking dare you to say something. Yeah. Terrifying. Ugh. Ugh. And then it just fucking move to just move on like it never happened and just I mean, sit back down and keep reading your book like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who's fat now like come you on you know what i mean and you jerry bear he's just he's a lot so we're gonna fast forward a little bit okay so all of these things are going on we're talking like the fall of 1968 and now we're at november 26th okay. 1968 jan susan whitney who was a 23-year-old college student, was driving home for Thanksgiving when her car broke down. Two guys were passing through and saw that she needed help, so they stopped and they took a look at her car. Um, they'd been walking, so they couldn't give her a ride, unfortunately, but they were like, we'll take a look and we'll see what we can do. Okay. Um, but unfortunately, Jerry Brudos was also driving down that very same road, and when he saw Jan Whitney, her fate was sealed. Ugh. He pulled his car over and he offered to give all three of them a ride. So the two guys that stopped and Jan, all three got in his car. Jan sat in the back and they were all back on the road. They happened to drive by where the two other guys needed to be. So he dropped them off. Okay. And just Convenient. said, just said like, I can take it from here. And by now her guard's down. Right. She's already kind of been shooting the shit in the car with these 
these three men they seem harmless to her she's just like my car had to break down now like i'm just trying to get home for thanksgiving break right coming home from school seeing my family maybe for the first time since the summer yeah of course this had to happen there's no cell phones she's not getting you know she can't just call a tow from like right where she is or call her mom to come pick her up and the second you drop off the other two exactly where they need to be it's almost sealed in your brain like a no a no-brainer like hey, he let them go right, yeah like i'm next i'll just be the next stop right you but what he ended up it. what he ended up saying was that you know i can fix your car actually i think i know what's wrong i just need to grab my tools and hitchhiking and grabbing a quick ride from a stranger in the 60s is not the red flag that we see it as it is today right um it was kind of common practice i mean you needed to get somewhere someone was going you hopped in it's the 60s man you know like you just kind of did it so he pulls up to his own house and he parked the car in the driveway but he said that he had to wait for his wife to get home because he'd forgotten his house keys and i don't know if you think it's nighttime but it's not no and I pictured nighttime hearing this. I'm like, it's going to be dark. It's going to be cold. It's going to be all these things. Nah, it's daylight. Which is just all the more reason I think people trust. Right. like, oh my God, it's broad daylight. Like, what's he going to do? Come okay. On. Yeah. So they pull up to the house. He's like, I got to wait. I don't have my keys. My wife's on her way. She's going to let me in. When she gets in, I'll run in. I'll grab what I need. And we'll, we'll be on be the right way. Back. I got to yeah. grab it from my garage. You know? And at some point, they're kind of making awkward small talk in the car. And they're staying in the car. She's seated in the back seat still. He's in the front. Right. And at some point, he gets out of the driver's seat and he joins her in the back seat. Oh. And they're still talking. And he asked her if she wanted to play a game. Mm. Now, there are a few absolutes in true crime. Okay? One is it's never a mannequin. Nope. Never. Okay? Not oh, once. Oh, a body's found in the woods. Oh, I thought it was a mannequin. No. Never. Not once. Another is you should never light up a room. And you should never make anyone laugh. No you just that's that's gonna get you killed yep never (laughs) don't do it it's a trap another is that if a stranger asks if you want to play a game the answer is no it's it's literally jigsaw like hey bestie do you want to play a game and you're like okay cute little puppet on the trike yes (laughs) no little thing oh you went a little heavy with the blush no wow but if it isn't family board night and it's not poker night Okay, and this wasn't like a planned like, hey, I went for games. Right. Then the answer is no. There is no games. No. Okay. But Jan, she said yes. Oh, she probably thought he had battleship or some shit. And he told her to cover her eyes and asked her to tell him how she would tie a shoe with no hands. How that's a game. I have no Uh, fucking idea, but it's Jerry Brudos. So this isn't supposed to make a whole lot of sense. And with her eyes closed, and I guess she did it, she, I don't, I don't know how you would tie a shoe with no hands, but maybe it was some kind of sexual game. And of course, it's always about a shoe with him. So that alone is like half chub. Okay. (laughs) Uh, So her eyes are closed. He grabbed a leather strap and he wrapped it around her neck. Okay. He strangled her in the backseat of his car in broad daylight. As she died, he raped her as she was dying then he brought her body in the garage because uh newsflash he had a key um stripped her of her clothes and put on clothes from his collection 
And in fact, he tried several different combinations of lingerie until he found one that would suffice. So he... On her or on him? On her. He dressed her up and then was like, "Mm, nope, not that and changed it. Like, to him, it's a game. This is a life-size Barbie doll. This is the the toy and the object is the clothes. Yes. Okay. She's just the the mechanism that he's using for this. And she's not saying no because she's dead. Yeah. It's really hard to say no when you can't speak. So... So then he took photographs of her in various positions. Okay. Um, in different lingerie. Like, really, he made this his own. And with his first victim, he didn't have the camera. Oh, right. Because remember, he right. didn't have film. So he kept the foot as like a, well, this will do so I can use it to display things. But Ugh. now he's got his garage prepared because he's ready for this. Remember, Linda Slauson fell into his lap she happened to be walking down the street at that time she happened to have the smudged piece of paper with the address on it she didn't know where she was going right he happened to see her and played along as if he was the customer hey pretty lady that's me so he wasn't ready Um, now this i mean did the opportunity present itself in that he didn't like make her car break down Right. But he'd had the time in the garage to prepare it to what he wanted it to be. And the family already knew the ground rules. Right. So he knew that whatever he wanted to do, he could do there. He literally laid groundwork so that when the opportunity presented itself, he was ready this time. Yes. Yeah. He had sex with her dead body, as he does with all of his victims. And then he hung her body from a hook in the garage. Like an animal. Yeah, like a literal butcher's. And each day after work, he snuck into his garage and he had sex with her body because he was like excited. It was like one of those like, oh, I have something at home. Like, I just can't wait to go play with my new toy. Mm -hmm. And he'd rush home and he'd be all giddy and he'd be like, nobody bother me and nobody talk to me. And he would go into the garage, except it was to defile a young, beautiful woman that you murdered. It's not like a new boxcar, a new video game or a new anything. Yeah. It's not. It's not a puppy at home that you got. And the course of this her body in the garage was there for five days oh my gosh so we're gonna put a pin here and we're gonna go over what happens to the body in those first five days assuming that there's no extremes related to open wounds or extreme temperatures or anything like that no like excessive insect activity this is all typical natural process yes okay as soon as a person dies their heart stops pumping blood to all their organs and the cells die All of the cells in the body start to break down. And at first glance, in the first few hours, there's no noticeable changes to the body on the outside. Right. But inside, bacteria starts to break down the GI tract. Liver mortis begins, which is when the the blood pools to the lowest center of gravity. So uh, those parts will turn like a purplish color because that's where the blood has settled. So if you've watched any like true crime things or if you've looked at crime scene photos or anything, they use this to tell the where the body was laying like in what direction so if someone dies laying on their back and that's where their body rests right then their back the back of the arms the back of the legs will turn that purple color because that's where all the blood has gathered so if you find a body like that with the purple there but they're on a different they're in some kind of different position that tells you the body was moved and so that's some of like what they use for that now if the body were to be hanging upright then that pooling would happen in the feet because it's gravity yep. yeah and fingers probably now enzymes start to break down and other parts of the body might turn like a greenish color yeah 
and then rigor sets in so if you've watched again any true crime tv show i think it's probably used in like every episode of everything (laughs) um i'm sure you know what it is but in case you don't this is when the body becomes stiff and rigid rigid while it's in this phase if you will it's difficult to move parts of the body um they they get firm harder everything like that you're not like bending arms and bending legs as easily by day two until about day five is when bloating in the abdomen is visible yeah this bloating normally happens because all the organs are like excreting gases um and so it just kind of gets built up in there the eyes might also protrude because they're being sort of pushed out the skin will start to look kind of marbled so like with like purple and like it the skin will start to not look right i mean it doesn't look right even a little bit before that but definitely now it's starting to change an odor is likely detectable this is like the smell of the body decaying these are the the rotten smell that people who have smelled it say you'll never forget it and blood might be coming out of the nose and mouth depending on position and manner of death and things like that by day five the bloated appearance decreases because those gases are released from the body they've they fart they've come out yep and many of the organs have discarded their contents yes so all of the intestines the colon the bladder everything that your body keeps in all the liquids and all that good stuff that was like it needs to be in here it has pushed it out now yep and it drains out of any holes or anything that it can come out of (sighs) so then at this point the body starts to look kind of wet and there's this terrible smell like the full-on like body is decaying all of the excrement like you just have everything that was in there is coming out and this is what attracts the insects and that's sort of what speeds up the process and as disgusting as it might sound this is real i know it's graphic and it's disturbing and it's if you were eating i'm sorry but this is nature this is real life this is what happens in the wild this is sort of the beauty i guess of you go back into the ground and you become one with everything again it's one whole big recycle well and if you guys are interested in anything more depth on that there are these things called body farms you probably will not be able to visit one because there are not that many but they usually have a lot of good pictures online and by good i mean terrible please you know proceed with caution but part of what they do there is if you donate your body when you pass to one of these places, they'll put it in a different location and it helps them track the science of what happens. You know, if it's not just natural death that you're dealing with, maybe someone's placed half in a river or in shade versus in sun. And they all conduct these little experiments so that when horrible, terrible things like this happen and we find bodies, we can say, oh, okay, we know what happens in this case. Because of that, this was probably so old or happened in such and such a way. So it is really interesting. It's very sciencey, but they pretty much do experiments with your body. And if and if you're of, if you don't have any like religious practices or any personal beliefs, and like this is how I want this to be handled, or yeah. certain things like that, where you you know, some people have preferences dictated on those things. Some people are like, I want to donate my body to science and I want it to do good. And so fuck it, I don't need it anymore. So do what you want to it. Right. Um. There's also something called Body World yes which is a really cool sort of exhibit that travels and i don't know if it's outside of the united states it 
there's probably equivalents that exist lots of places, but I've actually gone to the one in Boston, which is really cool. Oh, that's sick. And it shows human life at every stage. Um, and none of it is uh, like plastic or any other material. It is all donated remains. Wow. So people donated like someone donated their body and so they pulled all the nerve endings out of everywhere in the body and rebuilt it and like hung it oh, up and so yeah. it's it literally just makes the shape of your body because we have nerve endings everywhere but it was just fascinating to like physically see them i mean they're preserved and whatever they had to do to right. embalm it or whatever but the it's it's fascinating it's so odd like i didn't eat before it i didn't eat after i like needed to sit alone for a little bit i was like oh my god we are just like blobs of weird shit yep. <laughs> <laughs> but people are like i want to donate my body to this and like i want to see what this it's really it can be graphic it can be gruesome if you've got a weak stomach or you don't want to see it or hear it or anything just ignore um yeah. what we just said just skip on through but we're done with that piece i just wanted you to have an idea of what we're looking at here i also appreciate that because i think oftentimes a lot of people hear about this kind of thing and you might start to like assume a smell but there's a lot of bodily functions that happen in the meantime that it's worth knowing that this fucker still continued to violate this human being time and time again during all of this like as if the necrophilia itself wasn't nasty to follow through with it in the midst of all of this decomposition right. is just like stomach curdling. And I wanted you guys to know like this is what's natural. This is what's happening to the body under, you know, undisturbed conditions. Right. Left to its own devices, the body knows what it needs to do to release, decay, go back into the ground, whatever, however you want to yes. word that. And as gruesome as it sounds, he's holding on to her up until this point yeah so we can remove the pin he kept this victim for five days okay he rushed home to scurry into his garage to defile the woman that he murdered and for five days he dressed her up for five days he had sex with her body and for five days his wife and two children slept in the home a breezeway away from this horror scene <sighs> by day five jerry had gotten what he wanted what he could get from Jan's body. Yeah. Because we were we were nearing some territory where things were going to get a lot more gruesome. And honestly, pro probably what he's looking at is I can't fuck it anymore. So I don't want it anymore. Right. Which is horrible. Yep. And she was this beautiful. I mean, they were all beautiful. And, and we'll have photos with them on the Instagram page. But just absolutely heartbreaking. And then all she was doing was just going home for Thanksgiving. And... He had decided that he was going to be disposing of this body because, again, it had served its purpose for him. And he decided that before doing that, he was going to take a trophy. And this time, he did not take a foot. Okay. He did, though, sever one of her breasts. Uh, he filled it with sawdust mm -hmm. and he mounted it on a wooden board. Um... Oh, I'm not done. Think like deer head or moose head. Like I was taxidermy, just going to say that. But a breast, a yeah. tit, a boob. Mm-hmm. And if this were a scene in a horror movie, you'd probably turn it off and you'd be like, too far, fuckers. Okay. You're like, <laughs> you had me in the first half, but I'm fucking done. Like you, you came in strong, 
But now, holy shit. And if you thought that was crazy, buckle up, okay? Because we're not even done. Within this five-day period, my guess, and I don't know for sure, my guess was between, like, day three and four. Uh-huh. He took his family on, like, a little overnight Thanksgiving, a little, like, mini vacay. Mm. Um, and he left her body hanging there in the garage while they went away. And it was, like, his dirty little secret. So he enjoyed the holiday with his family, you know, yeah. knowing his dirty little secret and excited to get back to it. Meanwhile, Jan Whitney's family stared at her empty seat at the dinner table. Wondering where in the world she could be because she wouldn't have missed this. Right. And if you think that his little getaway is bananas, hold on to your hats. Because while they were away, a car had a whoopsie oh. and crashed into the damn garage the very garage where her body was hanging and it cracked the garage door it cracked it it was literally like the universe was like hey look at this like i'm gonna make someone like slide on ice over here to like do damage to this home yeah and the police were called the person who did it obviously like did the good samaritan thing the police came over they did a once over somehow didn't smell the smell and you know old school spongebob and it's like mr krabs and his like nose twitches a little bit and he's like i smell a smell yeah kind of smelly smell kind of smelly smell that smells yes smelly and then he yells anchovies but this is like but dead body like it's like literally the smell that all law enforcement knows yep no one noticed it Uh, no one noticed it and they did the whole like we don't know him. We don't want to disturb his home. So they did kind of a look around. They shined their flashlights in. They She was probably in a spot where she just wasn't out in display. I don't think that anybody could see anything from the crack in the, yeah. the wall. I mean, could they have list, lifted the garage door open and seen it? Probably. But they had no probable cause to do that. Why would you search this man's home? Right. You've right. got no reason to do that. He's the victim in this case because his car, his home was just crashed into. Right. If you're looking at it from that, you know, perspective. Yeah. But regardless. That's so fucking frustrating. Okay. There was nobody home. The police tried to, you know, notify the homeowner. Of course, they were away. So they left a card kind of explaining what happened and said just call us when you get home we'll just talk about your options and right. move forward for repairing your home makes sense and um when he got home he saw the damage to the garage mm-hmm. he saw the card so he held on to it he wrapped jan's body in plastic mm-hmm. brought it out to the watershed oh and then dialed the number on the card wow oh, oh my gosh okay so her body was yards away and the, poli- oh. the police show up, they go over like what his options are, you know, for the damage to his home and do the paperwork or whatever they needed to do. Talked about next steps and her body's just right over there. And again, it's his dirty little secret, like the thrill of getting away with it. Yeah. With them being there is still like ramping him up. So he ends up disposing of her body in the same river that he had disposed Linda Slauson in and her body too was not recovered. Oh my gosh. That's so terrible. I. It's horrible. I can't imagine. I feel so, so much for her family. I she mean, was, she was just trying to go home. 
And everybody knows that after you lose a loved one, the holidays right after are particularly hard. Oh, yeah. And she died during the holiday season. Exactly. And like right before Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, it gets it out of the way quick to have your first Thanksgiving and Christmas. But what a shitty fucking holiday season. Let me put it this way. They don't know she's dead. Her body's not found. She just didn't come home. Oh, God, that's almost worse. Okay. Yep. And we'll get there. So months later, and I, again, cannot believe this sentence is coming out of my mouth. Darcy Brutos found the taxidermied severed breast. Yep. Can I say something um, a little inappropriate? Please do. I, I mean, this is all entirely inappropriate. Do you think if they, like, pressed a button, it would talk about, like, the filet of fish like the fish-mounted things? You have... Bring me back the filet of fish I think they just added spikes to your chair in hell. Probably. I think that's what I just heard. <laughs> Do you think but, it, like, talked? No. <laughs> <laughs> but truthfully... Oh, it's so bad. I'm sorry. I just needed something. His yes. wife finds the severed breast of the woman that he murdered and she's like so what's this like asked him about it yeah and um he said that he was experimenting with making a new kind of paperweight and like what do you what do you think and not only is that insane (laughs) okay like that's what he pulled out of his ass really but also is that not the worst fucking paperweight ever a wooden board with something stapled to it and it's a boob okay that's not a paper like that's not a paperweight a paperweight's like a rock man the fuck is that my brother um no you can't make it up but guess what she bought it she was like okay that's an interesting paperweight what did you get a fucking uh patent for that okay because i think you got something there jared bear yeah, you can make a model with inverted nipples. What the fuck is this? Like, what do you think? Sharks? Eh? <laughs> like, ugh, I just can't. Who wants a 69% stake in my company? Seriously, though. Ew. Oh, my God. And again, she <sighs> believed it. And crazier still, Darcy also found the photos that he'd taken of Jan's body. The dead body. Her nude, deceased body in lingerie and heels. Now, I will give her a little bit of the benefit of the doubt here that she probably didn't know she was dead. Okay. She could have just looked like a sleeping woman who knows how he arranged her body if he wanted her to look awake, even though she wasn't, whatever. She's probably like, why is there a naked woman? In my garage. Well, like in the photos. And if she even noticed that they were taken in the garage. Right. But like there's photos of some woman that you don't know. Yep. And she was kind of like, And again, if she thought the woman was alive, even though she wasn't, if she had thought that, and I'll give her kind of the benefit there because she had no reason to think she was dead. Right. But you wouldn't be like, hey, why the fuck was there someone naked in our garage? And why do you have photos of her? Like, were you Mm -hmm. not? Was that also off limits? Was this the blonde he was talking about? Like, what do you? I didn't know this is how you were going to take her out or I wouldn't have come home from the grocery store. Like, Like, But if she didn't recognize the garage, if she did recognize anything about the photo other than it was a little weird she said nothing ma'am now 
over to the investigation. The police were actually searching tirelessly for these women. They actually did excellent police work in this. They were trying, but it was truly like they just disappeared without a trace. Yeah. No one really thought that they were runaways because they all had homes and lives and they were content. They were happy with those things. None of them were troubled or in a tight situation or anything that would make anyone believe that they took off because they were running from something. Right. And they didn't have anyone they were going to run away with. So they were just like, it just seemed like they disappeared. The company that Linda Slauson worked for, the encyclopedia saleswoman, they didn't keep records of the addresses that their employees were going to. So Mm. no one could pinpoint exact locations. They found her car at a bus stop. She took the bus to Jerry's neighborhood. That was pretty much it. That's awful. The two men that stopped to help Jan Whitney never came forward. So whether they weren't locals and were also passing through, like they were walking by, maybe they were around for the holidays or something. Maybe they didn't know that she was missing. Maybe they didn't recognize her. Maybe they did and they just decided to stay out of it. We don't know. But we don't know who they are. But they could have probably identified maybe not who Jerry was, but like what he looked like. Right. To say... Yeah, this guy gave us a ride, dropped us off here. and Or the car or something. He was going to take her, but they found her car that looked abandoned on the side of the road. And that was it. They had nothing to go off of. Right. Because obviously, Jerry didn't go back and fix her car. Yeah, I, w- I was reckoning so. So we do just... I, I can kind of see where the police would be like, we have no way... Where do you even do with that? Yeah. You just don't know. So in January 1968, he killed Lindis Lawson. In November of that year, by Thanksgiving, he killed Jan Whitney. Okay. His next murders were in quicker succession. Yeah. The third happening in March of 1969. So now we're just it's a like few months. having the time period. Okay. Yep. So we're going to March 27th, 1969. Karen Sprinkler was home from, you guessed it, college for spring break. Ugh. She was 19 years old. Ugh. On that particular day, she had a lunch date planned with her mom. And they were to have sort of a laid back afternoon, shopping, catching up, you know, have lunch. They hadn't seen each other. You know, she's home. Karen parked her car in the parking garage, but she didn't make it to lunch. Oh, my gosh. Jerry was likely wearing a dress and girdle because passerbys recalled that in the weeks leading up to Karen's disappearance, they saw a large woman over six feet, pretty much matching Jerry's description, like to a T. Right. Kind of sneaking around the garage, just sort of walking around, but stood out because no one had seen her before. And she was spending a lot of time there. And so it was... Right. He was dressed as a woman. So they're like, this woman is a big woman. Like she stood out. Yeah. And just seemed to kind of be walking around and and that stood out maybe to staff or something like that like right this isn't really the place people go like for walks around here you know what i mean on the day that karen disappeared she was actually not his first choice he had found another woman that had been walking around that he thought looked perfect and when he got out of his car to go look for her because he'd park his car and then go and walk to her when he got out there she was gone she must either she got in a car she went to a store what have you she wasn't there she was like dang it and i can't imagine being that woman if you put yourself in her shoes and you have you find out maybe later that you escaped the serial killer right just by what ducking into your car in time oh my god like how many of us would get abducted because they'd find us just still sitting in our cars on our phones yeah you guys if you guys do sit on your phones when you get in your car please lock the door like it's 
those are the kinds of things that run through my mind but right she had no idea she escaped the grasp of the killer who had just months before done unspeakable things and then that day did unspeakable things to the other girl that he figured would suffice he'll do what a fucking oh my gosh how fucking depraved i can't I mean, I know it's asking a lot to ask someone who's going to kill and then violate the dead body of a human mm-hmm. to have a little respect for the people that they're killing. Yeah, no, he that doesn't exist in his vocabulary. But how shitty of him to be like, yeah, I guess. Well, he made the drive and he's like, you know what? The day's not wasted. She'll do. So the price she, of gas these days. What the fuck? She parked her car and she headed toward the door, but he cut her off. Ugh. He pointed a gun at her. Now, whether this was real or not a real gun, I have no idea. Um, he never used a firearm on any of his victims. He, okay. He would physically either. He, all of his victims died by some kind of strangulation. Okay. So he never used any like quote unquote weapons on anybody so i don't even know if he actually had a gun this could have been a toy i mean it could have been his kid's toy if it if it's held up in a like a coat sleeve or something and it you only see like a little bit of it and he looks really serious and really angry you might he could be holding fucking bubble maker you don't know it's just the scene is intimidating and you're scared so he said that he wouldn't hurt her if she stayed quiet and if she went with him she'd be fine now thinking this was her only option she complied she got in his car where he drove her to his house broad daylight again this is lunchtime her mom's probably waiting for her like for the reservation he brought her into the garage where he still had the quote-unquote gun on her right again not confirmed i haven't seen anything to say that it wasn't real but i also don't necessarily think that it was because i feel like he could have used that in any other way and it just wasn't the case he told her to undress okay so now she's still alive so now she's entered the garage but she is alive so this is an escalation as well because he didn't kill her before he brought her in there now he's toying he forced her to pose for photos in various items of lingerie he made her change not unlike what he did with that girl in the very beginning right and then he tied a noose around her neck. Oh, my God. So she probably thought maybe the end was, maybe she could get away. Maybe this is all he wants me for. He told me I'd be okay if I just did what he said. And this is awful, but it, maybe it's over. And he sets the camera down and maybe she's thinking, okay, this is, it. This okay. is uh, whew, like, I might actually get out of here. Like, I, I need to get out. I'm scared. All of these things. And then he puts a noose around her neck and he had it had it in a way where it was slung over something in the ceiling so that he could like hoist her up so he just slowly pulled her up until her feet were like an inch off the ground like she was just barely not touching and um kind of left her like that he left her hanging there he didn't watch her die it was not about watching her die for him he went in the house. He made some lunch. He watched some TV. How the fuck do you eat after that? I. How what are you, you watching? Family fucking feud? How do you do that? 
He's like, the price is right. Oh, you fucking idiot. You said six ninety nine. Uh, how do you... What? And he just... So she was there. She was left to die alone in his garage while he went and made a sandwich. Because it wasn't about her dying. It was just her being dead. Ugh. So after... He came back out. It had surely been long enough. And he went to her body and did the same thing that he had done to the others. Dressed it up, dressed it down, had sex with her dead body. All the while, Karen's mother sat at a table for two, growing worried that her very responsible daughter didn't show for their lunch date, which was very much not like her. Yeah. Like with Jan Whitney, he severed either one or both of her breasts, and I can't confirm it because I've seen differing reports, but okay. we know that this was the case. He filled it with sawdust in, a, in an attempt to preserve it, which he had done before. This one he liked better. This one turned out better, oh. according to him. Um, and so instead of pretending that it was the world's worst paperweight, he brought it into his home. Let me say that again. He brought it into his home. Uh-huh. And he displayed it on the mantle. What? Mm. Just out in the open. Like in his living room? I think maybe in like a bedroom or something. I don't think that it was like for everybody to see, but like Darcy saw it. It was like, what, what's that? What, what are those? What's, what's going on? And who knows what he said. But like there was another escalation where now he's kind of like taunting. Like, oh, I don't have to keep this hidden. I'm going to. I'm going to put this in the house. My kids can see this. And there was that level of excitement, just this other escalation. Again, his escalation is literally just going up the stairs. Like, it's just each thing he does, he never goes backward. He only goes forward. Then he, again, committed necrophilia with her body. He drove to another bridge where he threw her body over the side with an engine block tied to it to weigh it down as like an anchor. And then he was like, okay, on to the next. In April, he was on the prowl again. So like a couple of weeks later. Because again, he killed her in March. The time between his first and second murder was 10 months. Then from second to third was five months. And from the third to the fourth now, he's just like in a couple of weeks, he's like ready to go again. He's on the hunt. He's on the prowl. Oh my gosh. Now, having had success with hunting in a parking garage, he started going there first that was like his primary his first choice of hunting if you will yes he found 24 year old sharon wood she was leaving her secretarial job she was heading to her car Mm -hmm. but here's the thing sharon was on her way to meet her estranged husband to discuss divorce proceedings oh so she was a woman on a mission And Sharon heard footsteps behind her that quickly approached her, and then she felt a tap on her shoulder. And when she turned around, she saw Jerry Brudos pointing a gun at her. And he used the same line. He told her if she didn't say anything, if she didn't scream, she wouldn't get hurt. But she said, fuck that, fuck you. Yes. And she fought back. Okay. Have you ever seen the show New Girl? Like three episodes. I fucking love it. All of you should watch it. It's amazing. There is an episode where they go to Chicago (laughs) and the main character taps one of her roommate's moms on the shoulder and she goes, you touch me, girly. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I, I fucking swear that's what's going through my mind. You touch me, girly. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, but she was, she was like, fuck that. And Jerry yeah, did not anticipate good a fight. for her. Jerry was, Jerry had no way. He's like, they could do that. Like he had no <laughs> idea. That's the thing. If anybody is like pointing a gun at you, you make a fucking fuss. And I'm sorry, maybe this, um, don't listen to me if you don't want to do that. I'm not telling you to do anything, but if it's me, I I fucking don't believe if you do what I say you're going to live. I don't believe it. You're going to kill me anyway. You no, I, I don't trust like that. Yeah. I have um, anxiety and trust <laughs> issues. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I'd rather you kill me quickly to shut me up or get somebody else's attention so you don't have the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like... Like, if you're going to kill me, you're going to have to make an ass of yourself in front of everybody right yep, now. It's going to be on CCTV like, somewhere. Like, this is going to be on security TV, yeah. okay? I'm so not going in your, not getting in your trunk, bud. Amazing. Good for Sharon. What happens? Okay. So, she fights him back. He tries to cover her mouth because she's, like, screaming. Good. Because she is trying to get attention. He covers her mouth with his hand. She bites down on it hard yes. enough to make him bleed. Oh. And by then, a car had come around. Good. And without wanting like a crowd to form or anything like that, he just fucking took off. He booked yeah, it. Of course he did. So she survived. Good. And good, what, good, good. What Sharon experienced, I have to say, is probably a universal fear. Yes. Walking alone, hearing footsteps coming toward you and telling you it's nothing, but fearing that it's something, but telling yourself it's it's probably nothing. But God, it really does fucking sound like something. And what probably saved her life, honestly, was her divorce. She was heading to that meeting to discuss the end of her marriage. She was on edge. She was already full of adrenaline. If this had been any other day, maybe it wouldn't have been the same. But she was focused. Yeah. And she was amped up. Like, she was nervous and stressed. And she was already, like, at an eight. So he comes around and she's like, fuck you too. All right. Boom. And, like, (laughs) takes him out. Like, it was awesome. Yeah. But also... Biting his hand is very Newt Couture of her. And I it is. That. It is like Root and Toot and Newton. It is. Okay. You can keep going. I cannot imagine being her and finding out that just weeks before, the same man did the same thing to another woman, and that woman was hung from his ceiling. Yep. Slowly. Um, murdered, defiled, and discarded. So what if Sharon hadn't fought back? What if she hadn't already been heightened what if a car didn't come around there are so many what ifs but she lived yeah police were called immediately good and she described her attacker as a very large overweight man with red hair freckles kind of described him to a t because she's like i fucking bit that motherfucker yeah i'm putting these words in her mouth she could have been like oh heavens but really i'm like she bit that motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) now the next day trying to like his ego took a bit of a bruise there i know he was like she called me fat in the police report <laughs> and oh. she got away damn it so let me just go for somebody 10 years younger what he tried to kidnap a 15 year old girl what she got away good he tried to kidnap a 12 year old girl what she got away good <laughs> <laughs> and he realized that when he used force to abduct somebody the results weren't reliable when he had the gun, when he had this, when he had that. It was like she might be able to fight her way out of it or scream or do whatever because she's scared. She's but if un- I'm nice. But she's because she's unpredictable. But if there's a ruse, if there's a play, if there's a game, if I'm not me, I'm somebody else. If I'm helpful, then the opportunity ugh. might be it might be a little bit better. The odds historically had worked out for him. Right. And if 
it fell into his lap and an opportunity presented itself well then you just take the opportunity as it comes oh my gosh so this is what he's learning right and he recalled the ruse that he'd used at 17 we talked about this last episode when he impersonated a police officer and he told that girl well there's been a panty thief and they've assigned me to do it and uh, i know what you're thinking i'm 17 and how could i do it but really that's the point <laughs> no one would think a 17 year old would do that you see <laughs> you know, like one yeah. of those and i just ugh, i picture him so much more annoying than that but that's pretty annoying i think we get the point now oh whether gosh. this girl remember she went with him and that's how you know then she was attacked right whether she believed he was a cop or not i don't know if she knew him from school probably Probably not not. or if she just thought he was a kid with a crush and like sure i'll play along like he wants to play like what's the worst that can happen without knowing yeah that he was as vile as he was but now he's in his 30s he might actually be able to trick somebody yeah and it had worked before and shit he's back to the drawing board and he's like well let me let me look in my little catalog here my my little resume of my things that have notes that have worked and have not worked and um let me revisit those things so he did he bought himself a fake police badge he got a little fake police uniform and he decided that this was his next ruse mm. so jerry headed to a shopping center to continue mm-hmm. his hunt on April 23rd, 1969. And this was just weeks after he killed Karen Sprinkler. Yeah. And again, he attempted to kidnap three others in this time. He is so fucking busy. How does he have time for this? Well, when you're being a shit dad and, you know. Not working, yeah. I, guess. I mean, who really, you know. I mean, oh, he, he worked, but I mean, eh. Like, when you are emotionally abusive to your wife and she pretty much does everything you tell her to do and you don't really have to parent well you have a lot more free time than maybe somebody else would right yeah i guess that's fair i forgot other people are shitty Mm. like that yeah correct okay and now word of the brutish figure abducting women in parking garages had already spread over salem in like that immediate area right um so when he set out again he's like i can't stick local because they're they're on to me and again this wasn't like today where you might get like a text from like whatever news app you have and like ooh, breaking news this is right. happening and you find out like all of the world's worst things that happen like a time zone away but like in real it, time it right feels now. really close to you because you have access to it yep. this wasn't the case so you drive an hour away like he did and word hadn't gotten there yet right so he went an hour north to portland oregon and again the news hadn't yet reached it and at the shopping center is where he found 22-year-old, again, college student, oh my gosh. Linda Sally. How, do we know how old he is at this time? He's in his 30s. Okay. But he, the age range that he is going after is peak college student, like 18 to 24. Yes. We'll talk about that in a little bit. So Very statistic of them. I'm going to say that. I knew you'd pick up on that. Okay. <laughs> But we will talk about that. So, Linda was leaving the store after she had just bought her boyfriend a birthday gift. Oh. And she was heading back to her car. And Jerry walked up to her in his fake-ass uniform with his fake-ass badge and has a fake-ass story telling her that there's been a string of thefts at the shopping center and she fits the description of the suspect. And now Linda is like, I haven't stolen anything, I swear. But she is like, oh, my God, I would never do that. Like, what's going on? I need to clear my name. Like, I Ugh. I didn't. I just wanted to get a gift from my boyfriend. It's his birthday. And he told her that she'd have to come with him to sort things out. She's not in trouble yet. 
but they need to talk about some things. She's 22. She is worried. She's afraid to disobey really right. anybody. And there's this big guy and he looks like somebody of authority and he's older than her. And she's like, okay. But the thing is, is he's wearing this fake uniform and he's got this fake ass badge, but he brings her to his car. And unfortunately, if she had realized how odd it was that his uh. car was a civilian vehicle and not a cruiser, she didn't say anything. And it did nothing to dissuade her from getting in the back seat as if she was in trouble. And all she wanted to do was spend her money on NHL 2024 for her stupid fucking boyfriend, who's not stupid. I didn't mean that about him. In, but in what 1969, is that what they were? Is that what yes. she was getting for him? Yes, it was. What a time travel. Or like Magnum condoms. I don't know. Oh. I felt like I had to throw him a bone after that. But I oh. just. Yeah. All she was trying to do was be a good girlfriend. Yeah, and she was just like, oh my god, I need to follow the rules. They think I'm a thief. I'm totally not a thief. Let <sighs> me let me clear my name. Let me do what I need to do. So she gets into his civilian car, sits in the back as if she were arrested, as if she were detained. Early. And he starts driving. She stayed silent for the entire hour-long drive. She did not question hour? Where, one hour because he drove back home. He drove back to Salem. He drove back to his house, which was one hour away from Portland, Oregon, which was an entire hour of her probably wondering, where the fuck are we going? And probably putting the pieces together. Why does Paul Blart Mall Cop have me in the back of his fucking car? Yep. So. He brought her into the garage. He tied her up. He did not put the noose around her neck oh but he did tie her up and he went inside the house to eat dinner this is the first time he has left a victim alive this long in his home this is the first time he's left a victim alive so now she is tied up in the garage and he's gained confidence again another escalation he's toying with her more and he's eating like chicken parm or something asking the kids how their science fair went great <laughs> good this next part ripped my heart in two. When Jerry returned to the garage after eating, he found that Linda had gotten out of the bindings and she had freed herself from the rope. Oh, God. But she hadn't tried to leave. Girl. She didn't grab any of the tools that were in the garage as a weapon. She didn't use the phone that was in the garage to call for help. Oh. She just sat where he'd left her, free from the ties, and just waited. And while it's baffling for many of us to wonder why she wouldn't have taken some kind of action, everyone handles stress differently. And you've heard of fight or flight, but it's really fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. Yes. Yes, so we're, bitch. We're okay. going to break those down. Now, these aren't, I want to preface this with saying that these aren't mutually exclusive and one person can experience all of these in oh, your yeah. lifetime. You have no idea. This is not an active choice that you make. This is what your brain defaults to in the way that it's evaluated the situation, believing that this is the way that I survive because your brain is programmed to survive. Yep. It's so, your little lizard brain. And it's not perfect and it doesn't do all the things that we want it to do, but damn, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And we all have this in us. And it's not something, I mean, it's important to learn about so that maybe you can identify it while it's happening, but you can't really prep for it. You can prep in so much as put yourself in simulating circumstances to try to train a reaction. Yeah. 
but even that isn't guaranteed your your brain still has the default setting right so we're going to go over a little bit of what each stress response means and how they might present and when they might come out i love this so when the fight response is triggered the body gears up for a fight and starts physically preparing heart rate goes up you might start sweating a little bit your eyes are darting around you are actively preparing your body even if you're not physically thinking i'm going to fight your body is telling you i'm ready i'm geared up i am charged so that when you say go i go yes you might feel the urge to punch something or someone you might feel intense anger or frustration that's your body's way of amping you up to do it you have to feel it to be it it's dumping those brain chemicals you might grit your teeth you might have the desire to like stomp or kick or release tense energy you might cry that's another release tactic yeah you might glare at people your body is on and it's really fascinating the way that it readies itself without you telling it to get ready yeah when the flight response is triggered pupils may dilate might dart around you might excessively bounce your leg or both legs you might feel a numb sensation in your arms and legs you might feel fidgety and most often it's literally the act of running away the flight which sometimes is the only way to survive yeah the flight response is triggered when given the information available your brain has made its evaluation that the stressor is too great to be confronted right now yes and the best chance of survival is to get away this might be when you encounter a large animal out in the wild and you might think i need to run even if that's not the best thing to do right your body's going to make that decision if you see somebody that seems scary to you and your body is put in that position you might just take off you might be Mm -hmm. like i need to get the far fuck away from here as possible that's normal that is your body doing what it needs to do your brain is activating those things it should also be known which is just like a little fun generalized anxiety fact for you is when your brain enters this kind of stress response which is the same stress response people get when they're having like panic attacks um you like you pee your pants all the fucking time not necessarily your pants but your body is like excreting things that will quote unquote slow you down Mm -hmm. so you pee you probably got a shit like if you're in an actual stressor like this, you probably will not notice it until you're done. And then either you're going to be like, oh, shit, I got to pee. Or you're going to be like, well, my pants are wet. Sorry. Yep, I like, already peed because your body is like, I want to. And it's fascinating the way that it works. Wild. But your body is like, how can I get rid of anything I don't need right now? Yeah. How so that I'm the faster? So that I'm the lightest I can be to move. Yeah. You don't choose that. Nope. Your body is so fucking wild. But anyway, okay. It's fascinating. You are hard programmed because somewhere in your DNA, your lineage, whatever fucking ancestors we have from God knows when, this saved their life at one point. Yep. And this has been passed down. Fascinating. Now, when the freeze response is triggered, so we've done fight, flight, we're on freeze. Yep. You may feel heavy and rigid. Your limbs may feel frozen in place. You might feel an overwhelming sense of dread. You might feel like you're even outside your body and you're watching what's happening from like a third person point of view. Yeah. People report feeling trapped in their body in this. This is your brain's way of stalling until you decide what to do next or the belief that staying put is the only way to survive. Yes. The threat will be alleviated in some other way. This response is commonly argued about when it comes to sexual assault. 
Yeah. Because if you're assaulted, questions like, why didn't you say something? Why didn't you say no? Why didn't you push him off? Why didn't you push the, why didn't you do something? The fact of it is, if this is your stress response, you cannot. Mm-hmm. Your body will not let you. It's an involuntary instinct. Just like when you see an animal play dead. The animal is not dead, but it knows that if I it, best pretend yeah if i seem dead maybe i will be ignored maybe the threat will alleviate itself because i don't think that i can fend it off right it's also another good reminder as to why yes means yes over no means no because no does mean no but yes is a clear enthusiastic yes that isn't somebody in freeze and someone in freeze you will likely you should recognize they're they're not able to move they're often not able to talk they can't get words out they're and it's again it's either they're playing dead and they think that if they do nothing it will be over soon yep or they are stalling and their brain is evaluating which of the other three it's going to choose next right the third or excuse me the fourth and final response here is the fawn response which is triggered it's sort of like choosing the path of least resistance in typically we see that with like kidnapping right um you're agreeable to what your kidnapper says you don't argue you try to be helpful um this is also common in people who have experienced any kind of childhood abuse because um this was the way to save yourself you just try to appear perfect yep and what they want and you're helpful and you're kind and you're anything and this is another form of buying time but it's to not anger to not upset to not make waves you don't want to ruffle feathers you want to be agreeable and neutral and a delight i guess you want to be just what not something worthy of hurting yes because you've seen what happens when something goes wrong and in a kidnapping this is another situation where you might see somebody who doesn't make a run for it the second they can right that they might feel that the best way to survive is to not get caught running away yeah but is to be a light be kind talk do like try to connect Trick with yourself away almost yes it's a form of manipulation that is absolutely incredible that exists in us because yeah. it means survival each of these stress responses have been ingrained in all of our instincts we all have all four yeah and they have been there as long as there have been people and these are all instincts that have been passed down to us that have at one point made the difference between life or death. And these are necessary for someone at some time and our brains are hardwired to evaluate a situation and choose which one we are best capable of and best prepared to complete. It's freaking miraculous. So when Linda untied herself and she stayed put, she might have experienced a combination of things, freeze and fawn. She didn't want to upset her attacker. He told her if she went with him and did what he said, she would be okay. Right. Maybe she felt glued to where she was. Maybe she, after freeing herself, maybe she felt the freeze. Maybe she physically could not pick herself up, move her arms, couldn't do anything. Maybe that's what her brain evaluated the situation to be, that she was going to get out if she just did what was asked of her. It's possible. She may have also experienced the freeze piece of it in form of a panic attack where she was physically unable to move and maybe it wasn't the flight part of the panic attack but maybe the inability to do anything else but panic right 
which kept her glued. We just, we don't know. Maybe it was none of these. We don't know because we can't ask her. Right. And it's easy to sit here 50 years later, not in the dungeon of Jerry Brudos. Yeah. And feel like, how the hell could she not have just done this? I would have done this. No, the fuck you wouldn't. You <laughs> don't know. Okay. The other piece too is, and I'm, I'm not accusing anyone of anything. I don't want this to sound that way mm-hmm. at all. But it's also quite possible that she is another human being who's experienced more than one traumatic event. And a trauma response was, oh, shit, if I had done this then, I would have been fine then. So I'll do that now. Yeah, you don't know if this something similar or a, a childhood situation. And there's no evidence to, to suggest that right. her family was not we're not loving and amazing. That's not what I'm accusing. saying. But I mean, hell, it could have been any any person in her life at any point where she could have done something else and she had to pay for that. Right. So her brain is evaluating this situation and it's doing exactly what it's supposed to because it said last time that was a close one. So scratch that. We're going to try this. We're going to try this now. Yeah. This seems like our best chance at surviving and all the brain wants to do is survive. Yep. So when Jerry went back to the garage, he saw that she had untied herself. He was a little surprised. Okay. He tied her back up again. Oh, God. And as he did with Karen's sprinkler, he put the noose around her neck and he (sighs) hoisted her up until her toes were off the ground. And she was dead. That is so fucking terrible. They're all... Each each one is horrific. That one just gets me. That Mm -hmm. one, I just... You know someone like her. You know someone... That might have, rea- you might have seen, oh, I maybe I could imagine this. And again, you don't know. You might say, oh, I know exactly what I would do. No, you don't. Yep. You might think you know what someone else would do. No, you don't. Um, <laughs> it's really cool. No, you don't. Uh, so, but, but maybe some uh. of this resonates that she was like, oh my God, I just got my little gift from my boyfriend and oh, he thinks I stole something. I totally didn't. What do I need to do? What do, like, I trust you and in, in, in your, uh, an authority figure yeah. and you're older than me and you're so much bigger than me and I'm young and I, you, uh, who knows? Who knows? After she was dead, he escalated again. Oh God. And he wanted to experiment. No. Uh, he stuck this, needles in her rib cage. This is not science class, Jerry. And using his knowledge of electric currents, because again, he was an electrician he tried to zap her to animate her body without her being alive he wanted to see what he could make it do ultimately it didn't do anything because he didn't use enough electricity he didn't have enough power behind it but that was where he was edging he didn't necessarily get the results that he wanted but he was combining these different parts of his life now right his profession and his fantasy it's like he wants a frankenstein sex doll and another form of escalation because it is he is now introducing other parts of his life to this right he committed necrophilia again he drove her body to another bridge and he threw it over tied to more car parts to weigh it down linda sally was murdered late april and by early may a father and son were on a fishing trip and discovered her body floating in the long tom river oh Good. So a few weeks had gone by and law enforcement had noted a couple of things. But most importantly, they noticed that the ties around her body 
were specific to the knots that an electrician would use. Oh. This was their first real tangible lead. Yeah. Because so far, the the women have just vanished. Yep. And this is the first body, right? First one that also, they've seen. I just wanted to say, not good that a father and son found her, but good that she was found. No, absolutely anyway. horrible. Probably scarred them both but they did the right thing they notified people and if they hadn't been in that place at that time who knows right so they searched the water because um that's where her body was found and they were like oh shit like what is could this be where they are right so they positively identified this as being linda sally they also found karen sprinkler's body oh less than 60 feet away Oh, my gosh. Because he went to the same bridge, dropped them off in the same roundabout area, tried to weigh them down. It's just that her body, Linda's body, had come free right. from whatever he had used to anchor it down. So her body was found. Then when they kind of comb the bottom, this is where they find Karen, who was still weighed down. Right. So now Karen's family has that closure. But see, Jerry was on the hunt again. Yeah. Because he is picking up the pace. And he was not losing momentum. He was sticking with using a ruse. But he wanted to try something different. He was oh. feeling a little confident. Jerry's now in his 30s. And a little too old to not stand out in the regular areas where the women he was looking for hung out. Yeah. His preferred age range, as Abby alluded to a little bit earlier, pretty much matched what statistics tell us are the ages women are most likely to be victimized. Yep. From 18 to 24, an individual is both the most likely to commit crime and the most likely to be the victim of a crime at that time. So it is a ride yes. for all you 18 to 24-year-olds. Good luck. And um, he tried his luck a few times slinking around Oregon State University because, again, that's the age range. Right. Um, he kind of struck out almost every time he tried because he was just sort of the weird older guy spending too much time on campus. Right. And you're like, come on, dude, you graduated like three years ago. Like it's a little, it go. like it's yeah. okay. Like, and no one knew him to be a student and no, he was never really talking to anybody. It wasn't like he had friends and was hanging out with anybody. So he did stick out. And again, he's a, a large man. Right. And he's not, he wasn't a professor. He wasn't dressed as a professor. He didn't have a backpack. Like he didn't look like anybody that anybody knew. But he has aged out of the age group that he hunted. Right. I guess. So this new approach that he decided to try out was making cold calls to local dorms and asking for a girl that he didn't know, but he'd use names that were common at the time. So he'd say something like, oh, is Lisa there? Or is this Michelle? Mm. Or other names probably like Susan and Angela and Karen, Patricia, any, any name that was yeah. popular at that time. And every once in a while, it'd be like, yeah, this is she. Oh. Oh. So okay. once he actually got a girl on the other line, he said that he was a veteran with psychic abilities. And he just had to ask them on a date. Okay. The first two that he spoke with took a hard pass. Good. Um. They said, why don't you chuck that in your fucking bucket? <laughs> uh, but really, they were like, I will not. Like, they, they were like, oh, this is a scam. I don't like it. This is creepy. Yeah. They hung up. They're but like, the you should. I know it's 1969, but you should read the messages I get from the prince over in Indonesia. Mm-hmm. 
You could never. You could never. Okay. Baby, I'm going to upgrade you. <laughs> <laughs> but by now, the murders were widely talked about. And right. though the term serial killer wasn't in use yet, it wasn't in anyone's vocabulary, students were on high alert that young women that looked just like them, that were their age, from the same place that they were, had gone missing, and now two bodies had just been discovered. Right. So ultimately, the third girl he spoke with that actually answered, that actually spoke with him, agreed to meet him. Girly pop. Girly Oh, I'm so sorry. But when she met with him, she was immediately creeped out. Yeah. He did the weird ass thing where he was like, so did you hear about what happened to those girls? No. Oh, yeah. Like opener. Like not like, oh, hey, how are you? Let's break the Anything ice. About are you, you afraid for your life? He was like, hey, did you hear about those girls that look and sound and act just like you that got murdered? Can you believe that? Well, if I did it, I would have done it differently because actually, um, like he and well, he was one of those. Like he probably brought his fucking like third grade spelling bee fucking certificate with him. Uh, like this is the guy. You know this guy. You hate this guy. Don't be this guy. Don't be this guy. And he just made her feel so uncomfortable. But it started to be part of the thrill. He kind of enjoyed seeing her like squeamish. Like it was just another start to connect the dots. Yeah, and like another yeah. part that he got away with. And whether she thought he was involved or not, I mean, it was enough to set her alarm bells. And she is noticeably like, who is this guy? And why did I agree to do this? And he is like enjoying it. Right. Because he's like, this could easily be you. Yeah. And it will be. Like that Uh, kind of like, you know what I'm saying? And if you put yourself in her shoes... I don't know. Maybe you believe this whole like I have ESP thing or maybe you think it was an incredibly creative pickup line and hell you'll see what'll happen. Yeah. Or you were like, I'll just go on a date with this guy to make fun of him. I don't know. Right. I'm not you. It's for the story. Yeah. But now you're sitting with him. For whatever reason, you agreed to go. You are there now. And he's a big dude. He is weird. And he is sitting with you and he is giving you the heebie jeebies. Yeah. And then he talks about the murders. And granted, who isn't talking about the murders, right? I mean, but the still. locals are concerned there was, you know, student papers about it and the girls on campus were talking about it. And like it was all anybody was talking about because, duh, it's in your state and two bodies it's were just murder. found. Who knew? Yeah. You know, people who probably didn't even know these girls were missing because that hadn't made that maybe it hadn't made the rounds yet. Right. But now that bodies were found. Holy shit. Yeah, that's a whole new whole yeah. new world here. And then. He's excited about it. He's like kind of smiling and he's a little bit giddy talking about what's happened. And again, he's talking about girls that look like you, who had similar lives to you, who could have been you. And then he's getting into details about these crimes and he's thinking, she's like, I don't know, this just seems kind of oddly specific and Mm -hmm. oddly detailed. And then he's mentioning things that she hadn't heard before. And it was like really weird that he wanted to talk about it all. And he asked her why she wanted to be raped and killed like those other girls. Are you fucking kidding me? Nope. To which I'm sure she was just speechless. Yeah. And then he said he had to go work on his engine, which was a direct taunt about the murders because they had found that one of them had been tied to an engine block. Right. So he's like, gotta go work on my engine. Like, toodaloo. 
creepy and he probably left feeling confident himself like just fucking yeah i showed that bit like whatever whatever was going through his mind he felt really good and she left feeling like she needed to call the fucking police and she lived yes what the hell because oh he my was, gosh he was just testing the waters he was taunting he was having fun he alluded to rape and murder and he alluded to an engine block and that's important so she calls the police good because she was like mm, no i don't think so and told them everything that happened talking about the girls referencing the rape and the murder the excuse as to why he had to leave what the related to a car thing and the thing is that the police had kept a lot of this stuff close to the chest right they did not publish a lot of this information and we talked about this at the top of the first episode you have to remember that some of this stuff wasn't printable they're finding these mutilated bodies with like you know, uh, breasts missing and clear signs of sexual assault and lingerie and all kinds of things like that, that they just didn't print. And it was the 60s. And right. maybe today we would be probably too detailed about it. But this wasn't the case now. Another piece of it was also that they're trying to rule out people making false confessions. How right. can we confirm this is the right person? You can't lay all your cards out on the table. You can't show your hand. You just can't. Nope so as they're hearing this from her their ears are perking up a little bit because they're like check 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 we never said anything about a sexual assault component about this and we certainly didn't say anything about car parts right so that's interesting and they were flooded with tips at this time because everybody had something and a lot of them are fake as there always are because people are assholes but a lot of them are well-intentioned well-meaning people that really think they're helping and in a way they could be if not just ruling out other things right but they were flooded with tips now that this is like become a, a big story a big case yeah but this is the first one that really held weight good and they listened to her who was just a girl oh, just good. a college kid who was like yeah i met this guy and he said a lot of weird shit and i don't know if it means anything but i think you should know about it so they told her that he would likely call back because it had worked the first time and he'd probably want to see her again. Okay. And when he did, that she would need to call them right away and not meet with him before doing so. They said, do not meet with him alone. Don't do anything for now. Go about your life. Like, You're okay. But, he, but he's probably going to reach out to you. He's going to make arrangements to see you. Do not go. Call us. And like clockwork in a few weeks, Jerry called her again. <laughs> and said that she needed to meet with him in like 15 minutes oh okay and he likely told her 15 minutes so that she didn't have time to think it through to change her mind or tell somebody like there's a sense of urgency right like hey i need to see you right now can you be there right and she said she couldn't go in 15 minutes but give her an hour she'd be ready okay so well played on yeah. her part police had already increased their presence on campus obviously before all of this stuff but especially like before she led on to what happened so police had already increased their presence on campus just with the fact that women around this age had gone missing in the first place and had already gotten several reports of the big freckled guy who was asking girls out who wasn't known to be a student right that they'd been that had been seen on campus right and now this girl calls and said that um you know, he called again. He wants to get together. I told him an hour. When are you going to be here? And they were like in position immediately. Oh, so good. Okay. And sure enough, in walks Jerry Brudos, 
takes a seat in the lobby of the dorm that she lived in. Yes. And he's just waiting. He's just chilling. And an officer engaged with him and, you know, like, we've had increased security here. Just wondering, like, who you are, who you're here to see. Like, we're kind of doing our rounds and things like that. What's going on? And he stayed cool, calm, collected. He shot the shit. He was not nervous at all by the police being there. Wow. Well, I mean... How could he be? They literally crashed into his house, looked around it with a dead body in the fucking garage. And they were like, okay, sir, let us know if we can fix your garage for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let us know. Uh, somebody somebody crashed your car. We left a card here to let you know that somebody did that. We'll, uh, we got their information. We'll just, we'll give that to you if you just give us a, give us a holler. Yeah. And then nobody, nobody knew that the body was like fucking feet away right there. anyway it's just like it was another game so he feels confident around right. the police because he's like you guys couldn't get he's me like, when you were at my house with the body on my property yeah, yeah. i can handle sitting in a okay. college lobby okay so they're like oh like you know what's your name and what do you do for work he goes well i'm an electrician bing and they that- knew that the knots tied were like that of an electrician yep. and so they're like okay so this furthers their already high interest in him right and he just said he happened to be in the area and figured this was as good a place as any to kill some time and chill and well they knew that to be a lie because they knew that he was waiting for her and so he's lying about these things but he's honest about this stuff and they just kept talking to him he gave his name yep he gave them his real address he gave everything they went to his house. They're like, hey, you mind if we come by? And he was like, yeah, sure. Come on. Like, he was so fucking confident and so stupid. Oh. And they talked to him some more. And uh, they talked about, like, where he worked and, you know, which wasn't far from the dumping ground where the bodies <laughs> were found and how long he'd lived in his home, which was miles from where Karen was abducted. And they talked about his commute, which was along the road that Jan's broken down car was found. And so they're, like, just talking to him casually, but they're, like, placing the, right. the pins on the map as they're talking to him you know yep, what i mean like the little red string they're putting him together yeah and so he just so happened to live in the neighborhood that linda linda slosson disappeared from whoa like really? the, the bus that she had gotten off yeah so it's yeah. just they're like okay they're like okay so then he invites them into his garage what he invites them and in. he's so cocky and i fucking love it oh what my god what a little dipshit oh. i love it when bad people are stupid oh my god yes, yes 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 i just love when they're so like uber confident like i'm so good oh really are you jared bear okay suck All a dick back. anyway um in the garage they found some knots tied various i don't know fucking knots okay yep. little little ties little little doodads and little who's a what's it's little uh end of nooses and shit yeah yeah and uh well the the ties looked familiar Mm -hmm. they also found nylon rope and well that was a match as well because that looked a lot like what was on the bodies and he even suggested he said you know what take some test it oh he offered he offered it i just i love it he's so dumb he said you know what here he that's said no no, for no, you. no 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 take some for the road and that's for you take some for the road don't you know no he's not even from there anyway um so he just he didn't think he could get caught because he's like their bodies aren't here so go ahead wow he wasn't doing this like he had any evidence on him like in his mind he was untouchable right like if you were going to get me you'd have to find me with the bodies and you didn't find me with it so go ahead take your knots right. take your fucking rope take a little gander here and there oh my gosh what an idiot oh my god i love it what i love an it idiot 
Or worse, expelled. Yep. Or worse, arrested. <clears throat> so he was just arrogant. And he just, it added to the thrill to talk to the police. It's like, you're standing in the room that I killed them in and you don't even know it. And he, all of it, he just loved it. So ultimately he was arrested. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, we saw <laughs> that coming. On May 30th, 1969. And within hours of his arrest, he just fucking blurted it all out. He's like, yep, I did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's no, it. You, you got, got it. me. No, for real. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that one too. Did you test the Nazi? I told you you could. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I did that too. And with one of his Weren't they phone, good though? They yeah, I up. did a good job, right? Like, tell me I did good. Did I do a good job? So, um, yeah, you did great, Jer Bear. Mm. Mm. Uh, with one of the phone calls that he got, he called Darcy and he instructed her to burn his incriminating photographs. Oh. So he pretty much guided her to a bag of clothes in the garage and where the photographs were uh, stored and all of these things. And he was like, shred it, burn it, get rid of everything. Right. And then he claimed not guilty by reason of insanity. Does he know that all those fucking phone calls are recorded? Well, just wait. Because Darcy did, in fact, burn some of the photos. Darcy. But she didn't burn all of them. Good. Supposedly, she was floored by all of it. Yeah. Again, her state of things, her side of things is she didn't know what was in the garage. She didn't know what was in the attic. She didn't know about the photos. She didn't know about the assaults. She didn't know about the murder. She didn't know anything, allegedly. Right. So she did burn, destroy some of the photos. So she did actually destroy some of the evidence. And she saved one in particular. She saved several. There were some she didn't. But one that I think she was sure to save was the most incriminating one of all. Good. It was a photo of one of the women, already dead. He had dressed the body in a skirt and had positioned a mirror under it. So I'm assuming that they were hanging. Mm -hmm. It just sounds awful to even say it out loud. And they were wearing a skirt. And so he tucked a mirror under the skirt so he could see up the skirt. And then he photographed the mirrored Uh. reflection of it. Sick. But the thing is, in the photo, he's also reflected in the mirror. So it is his his face. It's him holding the camera, aiming it at it with a confirmed dead woman. That placed him at the scene. Yes, bitch. Yes, bitch. Now, whether she did this on purpose in a way to stick it to him or not, we don't know. But there's multiple theories here. Okay. So one is that she saved the ones that she knew would nail him to the ground. Okay. The other theory, which I give a little bit of weight to, is that she burned some of them so that if on the off chance that Jerry Brudos got off, not guilty, walked free, that she could say, well, I couldn't find the rest. But here's what I... But I burned these ones, so I did do this for you, and you can't say I didn't. I had no idea, whatever. So it was kind of like her insurance policy. Like, I'll do some to appease you, but I'll keep these to appease them right so in both ways i'm protected yes i'm kind of more in that camp but again we really don't know jerry had tried to plea as i said not guilty by reason of insanity when he was evaluated by several professionals he was cleared completely competent he he was not insane he was not anything depraved vile sadistic yep, horrible yep, yep, evil yep, yep. check 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 incompetent or insane no no perfectly sane not if you're fucking planning out your different attacks like 
So to avoid a trial, he pled guilty to three of the four murders. Oh. He was not charged with Linda Slauson's murder because there was no body and no photographs. Yeah, that's right. So remember when he killed Linda, he didn't have a photo. Right. Couldn't take anything. And he severed her leg, the foot, to keep it. But then he also got rid of that, too. So there was no taxidermied anything of hers that he kept on, like he held on to for a long period of time. And there were no photos of her body already dead. So there was nothing that they could actually tie him to that. And even though he probably likely admitted it, like in part of it, this was part of the plea, which just breaks my heart because you fucking killed her. Yeah. So like her name should be next to the others. Yeah. And she was the first one, which is probably, again, everything was an escalation. So he just wasn't there yet. But with like the last one, he's like doing science experiments. Like it right. took from one to four. Those are very different situations. Yeah. Jerry Brutus was sentenced to life in prison in Oregon because they did not have the death penalty. So he got a life sentence. Okay. But they weren't done Ugh. because they still had Darcy. Because you like oh. many... <gasps> I totally forgot. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Okay. Okay. Well, hold on to your hats. Oh God. Okay. Like many others listening to this, investigators did not think there was any fucking way Darcy Brutus wasn't complicit or at least actively choosing ignorance. Yep. (laughs) Because how could she not have been either know what was going on or actually contributing to the murders? Right. She was accused actually by a neighbor of helping her husband load a body into the car. Like someone said they saw that, that she was assisting him. Okay. So they were trying to get her for accessory. Wow. So she got charged. So Darcy was brought to trial. Okay. They had a full trial for Darcy Bruto. She testified in her own trial, but she was acquitted. Okay. Not guilty. She immediately divorced him in 1970. She yeah. filed paperwork that forbade her children and Jerry from ever having contact. Good. I think until, of course, they were 18 and then right. could make their own decisions. But while they were children, he was not able to have contact with them. Good. They moved away. She changed all of their names. And we have no idea where Darcy and the kids went. Good. There is no paper trail. There's no anything. Amazing. Whether she was in on it, I just don't know. There is a part of me that you kind of just start to wonder. Like, when you see taxidermied breasts, mm-hmm. no matter what he told you, that's fucking weird. Yep. Okay? I don't know what he's into. Uh, uh, you are... I'm. Uh, no. Nope. Yeah, I would say cognitive dissonance is in fact a hell of a drug. I stand by that. The things that your brain will do to gymnastics your way out of the crushing reality sometimes of how people act and who they are versus what you want them to be or think they are. It's insane. It's amazing. Your brain is nuts. Um, seriously, insane. But it is difficult for me in a few senses to imagine that she couldn't have known. Again, that's not to say that she did know. There you didn't is- smell the smelly smell that smells smelly. Exactly. That's what I mean. Um, like multiple times the naked woman in the photos even if you didn't know she was dead yeah um and also i'm sorry like they talk about women going missing and you're not allowed in parts of your home like to me that's a big red flag you fucking 
you belong there. You fucking go in that garage. You go in that attic. You take a hit at the rats if there are that many up there. And that's you know how, what I yeah, mean? and that's how I feel too. And then I'm like, fuck. You know, you think of the yeah. context of the time, but at the same time, like for me, and I, this is 2023 me. Um, if I found that in my house, if I found a photograph of a naked woman thinking she was alive, right? But it was taken in my home. Um, I would serve my husband fucking dinner, and I would have that in the middle of it. Yeah. Oh, what's that? Oh, I'm so sorry. That must have slipped right in there. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, I thought it was yours. I thought you'd want it. You didn't want you it? I it back. I thought, you, I thought you loved it. I thought that's why you kept it in our home. So I just, I brought it more into the home. Yeah. So it could be with us, you know? Like, Where all the rest a, of our photos are. Because we're a family. Yeah. And I love you. And I care about, like, I would, ooh, ooh. I. 2023 me. I, 1960s me? Who knows? I don't know. See, the thing is, I, don't know I would be an awful housewife. I know this about myself. The, the few things I would do well is that I clean when I get mad. So that probably would have been great because I probably oh would have been have angry a, a lot. Yeah. The problem is my big fucking mouth. And also, <laughs> um, I'm snoopy as shit. So like, if my husband was an electrician and had to go into other people's houses all day, I might just fucking, uh, I don't know, open the garage door and take a peek around while he was gone. Mm. Um, unfortunately, I also have a big fucking mouth. So the second he got home, I'd be like, uh, Jer Bear, you want to fucking explain? Hey, buddy, what's with the noose, bud? And then I'd be dead. So like. What? But. <laughs> what's with the dark room that we don't need, bud? What hey, about the. What um, about that part, though? And you I, haven't seen those college kids in a while. Do you want to get those uh, photos back to them? And like. Bud? Where do you where are you going at night? Where you, where are you going, bud? Hey, buddy. I saw that half chub at dinner. Why'd you go to the garage? What was that for, bud? Were you thinking of me? Oh, <laughs> what was in your pocket there? You was, know what? I, like, do you really like your alternator that much? It, like, Jared? you know what I'm saying? It's just something. It's just yeah. Well, I can't I can't judge her and say 100 percent she knew and she should have done this and these were the things. But if she knew something, she should have said something. Yes. The other piece that I will say but is... But she was acquitted, so... <laughs> gratefully, she did keep those photos. Yes. And I am glad, regardless, that we live in a society in which if you can't really prove that someone did something, there is an opportunity for them to live a normal life and that it's not dictated by rumors. Right. But, and if those photos weren't recovered, like, right. he killed four people. One of them... Jan Whitney's body was not found. Right. So she was only deemed legally dead and only able to be added to the victim roster, if you will, because of the photographs that were found of her. Now, I don't know if that was the particular photo, but ultimately some were still saved. Right. And that made the difference. I think th this is insane. And this man, I mean, he had a, a tough childhood, but like, come on, a lot of people did and they don't do this. Hell no. I think. And you feel for the kid, but I I changed that right quick when he used a ruse to get a girl alone, forced her at knife point to undress and then pretended to be some like he took the mask off and was like, whoa, whoa, I was locked <laughs> outside. What just whoa, happened? I, I was think just he attacked. hurt me too. Like, yep. I and he's also the well actually guy. You just want to fucking flick his nose, step yeah. on his toe and like just just kill him. It's OK 
to go for the balls and the eyes, just in case anybody needs a reminder. Low-hanging fruit is, in fact, still fruit to pick. So now Jerry's in prison. Yay. He didn't make friends in prison. Go, Yay. Fi- go figure. But he, as an inmate, he was actually pretty well-liked by the staff. And I guess when there aren't young women to abduct, murder, dismember, and defile, um, you can be a star inmate. Yep. Yeah. Um, no, that seems to be a trend. He used his pleases and thank yous, and they were like, uh-huh. yeah, he's fine. Uh, now, this isn't, this isn't funny. This isn't anything, but it is a fact. On New Year's Eve, 1969, he was brutally assaulted and was seen by medical on January 1st, 1970 for severe rectal bleeding caused by other. Mm. So we are led to believe that he was sodomized in prison Mm. and he was in so much pain and that he was physically injured to the point where he needed to be seen by medical staff. Um, Um, What? Goes around. What's that Justin Timberlake Comes said? around. Goes around. Comes Was that around, what you were thinking? Comes around. Comes all the way back around. <laughs> so. Um, oh my gosh. No comment. That's all. I. You know. It's just. Um, if the shoe fits. You only get what you give. Ain't you heard of that? It's like as if the shoe were on the other foot. If you will. Oh. Now. Until the late 70s. Jerry and his legal team filed appeal after appeal but to no avail there's a lot of time in prison to do that he repeatedly came up for parole and was repeatedly denied Ayo. so at least we got that right and while pornography was strictly forbidden in prison the various shoe catalogs he subscribed to were not forbidden which was his porn so he's getting like a pay less shoe ad and he's yanking it he's like oh yeah is that dsw give me that it's like oh uh-huh. I love a kitten heel. And they wouldn't take it away from him because it wasn't like contraband. And it was he was allowed to subscribe to those things. He was allowed to receive them. But he acquired quite the collection, as he liked to do. Yeah, I'm sure with he pornography. But then in 2006, at the age of 67 years old, Jerry Burdos died of liver cancer in prison. Aw. Cindy Elliott was only 18 when her sister, Jan Whitney, was abducted and ultimately murdered. So of his death, she said, I'm feeling relief. I'm glad it's over. You hate to say you're glad someone is dead, but my family believes it should have happened years ago. Yep. As soon as I heard he was dead, I started crying and it wasn't for him. It was for our family. He put our family through hell and I'm assuming that he's destroyed many lives and I don't think any family recovers. You're never really the same. No. And as we often do with these kinds of cases, I just want to end with a focus on the victims and acknowledge just how many there are. Yeah. Darcy, I can take or leave. Depends if you think she knew. His children were absolutely victims of his decisions. The family members and neighbors became the topic of conversation. And there really wasn't a way to return to any kind of normalcy after this. So all of their lives were permanently scarred and changed. Right. The four confirmed women he murdered. 19-year-old Linda Lawson, 23-year-old Jan Whitney... 19-year-old Karen Sprinkler, and 22-year-old Linda Sally. Their families, their friends, the people who loved them, the people who didn't get the chance to love them, the families they didn't get to have, the people they didn't get to meet, the survivors of all of his attacks, the girl he attacked at knife point and photographed, the girl he took to the middle of nowhere and beat up, 24-year-old Sharon Wood who fought him off, and the two girls who were 12 and 15 that he tried to abduct. His 
vile, malicious, depraved influence was far-reaching. Yeah. May he forever rot in hell. Mm-hmm. R.I.H. King. That is the second and final installment of Jerry Brudos. I will be purging my head of him for quite a while. Hell yeah. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> Holy fuck. I know. Holy fuck. I know. Holy fuck? And holy fuck. Holy fuck. Holy fuck. Holy yeah. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, holy fuck. I, wow. I'll be thinking about that one for a while. It hurts. It hurts. It is nauseating. We really got into it and we got, oh God, thrown right on that roller coaster again. I know, you guys. I'm sorry. I, it is, it's, I could have made it three parts. I was tempted, but I was like, my good God, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of weeks on Jerry Brudos. And I don't, I wouldn't do that to you guys. So I just gave you one really fucking long episode for part two. Holy fuck. I, okay. Before I say anything, because I'll, I'll need a minute to not just holy fuck my way through the next 30 minutes. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, if I can, Please, 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 if you ever get pulled over or questioned by police and you do not feel safe, you don't feel confident, you don't feel secure, you say, can I see your badge? And they flash you a really quick shiny thing or don't show you or just laugh it off. You tell them that they can follow you to the nearest police station Mm -hmm. because if they are a real cop, indeed, that will be fine. Those are all of their coworkers. That's their boss. They are doing their job. And if you go there then you're in their quote-unquote home field if it is, in fact, a real cop. If it's not, you are leading someone who knows they're doing something illegal straight to the people that can do something about it. Yeah. I would also suggest if you're feeling that you're being followed by someone in a car, that's another great thing to do. You can also get on your little phone and ask Siri, you know, what is the non-emergency number near me and call that while you're on your way. They will help. You can even call 911. They will help. You can just confirm if the person pretending to be a police officer, if you, if that's the case, to confirm, like, this is where they are. Yep. Because all of those have GPS trackers. So they can be like, yep, he's on this road and this is the situation. Or no, it's not. Who the hell is that? Right. Well, then. So just a reminder, there are ways to stay safe even from that, which at least for me, has always been something I'm scared of. Like, especially the following thing. When I was a, a kid, like a young driver, I swear if a car was at, like behind me for more than three turns, I was like, fuck it, I'm dying. Like, <laughs> well, And the funny thing is, is I'm the same way. Like if someone's behind me, I'm like, why though? Yeah. Where are you going? I'm, I'm like, going to fake you out. Like I'm going to jump around. But then if I'm like on the highway or on a road and I'm like behind a car for a mm-hmm. while, I'm like, I'm well, like hey. we're friends. I'm like, hey, buddy. And then like if they take an exit, they turn. I'm like, oh. I know. And I'm like, I wonder if anyone, like, I'm the erratic, like, brunette looking in my rear view. Like, yeah. who the... And they're just like, hey, buddy. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, who the fuck is that? And they're like, oh, we're going the same way. I'm like, oh. Oh, yeah. Uh, last thing. By the way, driving safety. If you feel like you're being followed, don't go home. No, Can don't go I home. just don't go home? Go to a police station. Go to a gr- go to somewhere that's open. And if it is at nighttime, then you are more than welcome to call the non-emergency line. Trust me, they're yep. usually not that busy. No. No, no, and they're happy to talk when they can help, so. Heck yeah. I think that Jerry Brudos, um, man, he really he really began to understand karma. 
I just um, I don't think you lived long him. enough to get the full effect, if you will. But from the time I've spent in this system and working with offenders of all kinds, I can say that there is a very fun, quirky sense of just desserts that the world and also the prison population has. Mm-hmm. And uh, boy, once you've searched a room and you found 48 different containers of hemorrhoid cream, you really get an appreciation for that. Oh. So not to be too graphic, but have no fear. You know, vigilantes yes. are here. Vigilantes <laughs> are here. Yes. Thank you for this for bringing light to some of the most horrific things that we've ever heard people having to go through. This, this was probably like 40 hours worth of research because yep. I don't just hear something one place and be like, oh, yep, that's it. That's fact. Let's regurgitate that. Nope. Um, I watched things on it, listened to things on it. And some of them, like some of the things I watched, I was like, oh, you've given me nothing. Right. Like I've just, there was nothing new. They're not worth quoting. They're not worth, I didn't, nothing of theirs was used um, but I did, I tried to do the three. I like to read. I want to listen to something and I want to watch something. Yep. And if I can see things that are confirmed in all of those formats, then I'm more likely to believe it. Right. What a fucking wild ride, dude. What a wild ride. Well, on that note, I will say stay tuned for our 100th episode <laughs> because that's going to be more fun, you guys. It's going to be a lot more fun. And after that, boy, do I have something big for all of you. And don't forget to enter our little holiday giveaway. There'll be a post on our Instagram page. So you just stay tuned for that, you cute little stinkers. Oh, my gosh. Do not. Please do not. I repeat, don't forget to send in pictures of your pod pets and their cute little Christmas sweaters oh, and doing God. their cute little kneading biscuits. Um, you can send that to our Instagram. That would be at A-B-O-U-T period, T-I-M-E period, F-O-R period, T-R-U-E period, C-R-I-M-E period, P-O-D because podcast was too long. And if you, like my brain, forget all of that because it's a fucking mouthful, it will always be down below in our link tree. But... If you're there, you can see all of the people, places, things that we talk about. We have resources for your mental health, your friend's mental health, anybody who's listening. Um, I really suggest you use that if you need it after this. I might. You could also find organizations and causes that are near and dear to victims, families, and causes that they want to promote. So we try to do that wherever we can. And also, and if I may say, most importantly for my silly little mental health, we have a lot of memes. So we do um, reprieves, memes, pod pets, you name it, we have it. But you have to check it out and look at it to enjoy it, you guys. Yeah. And honestly, at this point, like we should be seeing you there because we did all the work to link it for you below. So. It's I mean, I'm not so easy. I'm not trying to. But yeah. I mean, yeah. a little. Anyway, um, also email us. You oh, can yeah. do that at about time, the number four TC at gmail.com. So that's A B O U T T I M E, numeric four TC at gmail.com. You can send us case recommendations, pod pets, all the things we've already talked about. We've been talking for a long time here. We love you. We love to see you. We'll see you in episode 100. And if I check my watch, that was About Time for True Crime. Bye. Bye. 99 done. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs>